Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live, still in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, because I don't fly out until tomorrow morning. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from New Brighton, Minnesota, because she lives there full-time, Ann Lundholm. Good evening, Ann. Hi, Bobby. And in Dallas, Texas, sadly not coming to Minnesota this weekend unless you're sandbagging us and you're going to surprise us there. Meredith Mayhan. Good evening, Meredith. <laughs> Hi, Bobby. Let's wait and see. <laughs> I like it. We're going to start with some LRB business and things we must discuss, followed by your week in review, a little bit of housekeeping and how you can get involved with the show. But let's start with that LRB business. Uh, and right off the bat, I just want to mention to everyone, we're recording on Friday night uh, because of the crazy schedules this week. Uh, Christy and Jeremy, as we record this, are already in Minnesota, but have uh, rudely brushed off Anne's uh, invitation for an airport pickup because they rented a car. Whatever. Yeah, and I'm actually doing the same thing tomorrow morning, so sorry, <laughs> Anne. <laughs> Y'all can find your own way. Uh, but we're going to get... Uh, Greasy cheeseburgers stuffed full of cheese at some point. So we'll figure that out off air. Uh, and of course, we're all getting ready to go to the TBTL live show on Saturday night. And we're recording this before the live show. So you're hearing it after. Uh, it was great. Or everybody died. <laughs> I, I don't know which, but it's only one or the other. Probably somewhere in between. Yeah, we'll see. If only they hadn't um, called the cops. That's every Saturday night. Um uh, on to our pup date. Eddie is fine, correct? Yep. Everything's Great. good. Damn. We got a shout out for a Wagoneer who's celebrating this week. Um, who wrote this on the run sheet? And they can I take did. It. I did. I want to give a shout out to Wagoneer and 10, of course, Shanna, who uh, had her baby on the 4th, I think. And the reason that this is relevant, I mean, it's always relevant when one of us procreates. But the reason that I wanted to mention it is because she is a Minnesotan and she likes organizing events. She helped organize the last meetup and she was very um, concerned about the date of the live show because she really wanted to go, but she was due. And so I don't know if this means that she will be at the live show or she won't be at the live show. I mean, the kid's going to be a week old, so you could leave her home right but whatever the case congratulations to shanna i leave eddie in this crate thing when i'm gone it's fine he doesn't mind it uh one of my favorite trivia teams uh is sort of captained by a husband and wife that just had their first child i i may have mentioned it on the show i don't know if i did or not but i hosted their baby shower i emceed their baby shower and did trivia at their baby shower um they finally brought the kid for the first time just last night. They usually play at a rowdier location, uh, but my Thursday night show is pretty mellow. So they switched shows and came just so that they could bring the baby. And the baby got to kind of go around and see a bunch of people. And I think the baby's a couple of months old now. And so, you know, settling in nicely into the family culture. Get her exposed uh, to the germs. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to find... Uh, more germs than a well-traveled group of tens from all across the country in one place. Uh, one more announcement before we get going. Uh, an announcement from the APM Minnesota Public Radio mothership. Uh, lots of people have been asking on Facebook just this evening if they've missed the cutoff for the swag for this year, the lunchbox and the water bottle. You have not. When this airs on Monday morning, I just was told by Amy, whose last name I'm not going to butcher, that... Uh, <laughs> 
it's going to be up this week. So if you didn't make your gift yet and you still want to get your cool lunchbox and water bottle, go do it right now. Pause the show. Go make your gift. And uh, I'm not Phyllis, so I can't do it <laughs> as well as she can. But She's you've heard so all good. the pitches by now. So uh, go give and then come back and uh, check out our Week in Review. And speaking of our Week in Review, Anne, why don't you get us started? Let's get to it. Luke is uh, broadcasting from Studio X, the home of Marketplace, out of Los Angeles, California. Where he is out there to um, profile Tignataro for, I assume, a CBS Sunday morning uh, episode. Yeah. I, I mean, it could be for 60 Minutes, right? Or did he just say CBS? Or did he specify I, I, Sunday morning? I, I, I believe it was CBS Sunday morning. I believe that doing something for 60 minutes would be a major um, upgrade for him. Yes, indeed. Well, that he was should be the new Andy assumption. Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> Kids these days should get outside more. He's working on it. He needs to grow more hair in weird places. True. More, more eyebrows, more, more eyebrows. ear hair. <laughs> yep. Um, my favorite part of the... Uh, TBTLathon pitch because of course we are starting the TBTLathon this week was when uh, Luke stated that he quote unquote allowed Andrew to propose the Minnesota live show, which they <laughs> keep coming back to over the course of the episode, and then they sort of established the Medeski Martin and Wood uh, public radio theme music f- as the music for the TBTLathon, much to Luke's chagrin. Yeah, I actually, so I spent one semester in college as a jazz DJ. What? uh, On my college radio station. (laughs) Meredith has problems with that. Flash quit. What's happening? I know, I know, know why Meredith's not coming to the live show. (laughs) Good Lord. Uh, It was not by uh, my desire to do it. It was that there was no one who wanted to do it. That's not a good excuse. And the station manager thought that we should have someone. And I was well-versed enough to be able to fake it for a semester. But somewhere I still have buried in my stuff, probably a couple of Bedesky Martin and Wood CDs, because I was the one charged with taking in all the CDs that would come to the station for jazz. And no, it couldn't give them away. Nobody wanted them. Hmm, I wonder why. And I can't bring myself to throw out these old CDs. So they're in a bin in the basement somewhere. All right. Excellent. Yeah, end of story. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's some sort of project you can do with them at some point. I just, I want to make the point that uh, being the jazz DJ was great as a freshman who had a lot of homework because you would put on a 30 minute track Mm -hmm. and then you would just sit there and screw around and make sure that the place didn't burn down. You don't have to do any real work. Oh, that sounds all right. Moving into the content for Monday, uh, Andrew's upstairs neighbors have a very cute three-year-old and he offered to babysit for them and they took him up on it. His assumption was that Genevieve would be there to help him, but she had plans. So it turned out that Andrew babysat a three-year-old by himself for four hours and he was understandably freaked out. Can it sounds you guys- like he did a great job though. I know. I can't think of Anybody sort of less likely mm-hmm. to take to it than Andrew, but it sounds like he was just really a champion. He seemed like he talked to that kid like she was a little adult. Oh, yeah. There's everybody learns a lesson. There's some physical comedy. This is a late 80s movie. I mean, on spec. Yes. You could just change the names and sell this to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So he was very... Um, 
uncertain about the status of her potty training. So there was a, an amusing anecdote, as they say, about him helping her use the bathroom. It turned out she at least does have some degree of potty training and ended up with him holding her by her armpits over the toilet. So it happens to be the three of us who don't have kids hosting right now. Um, is that a is that a half step in in potty training that I just don't know? Like, I get that there must be a lot of nuance to doing potty training. And please, parents, write in, but keep your answers brief. I don't need details. <laughs> um, is there a point halfway through potty training where there's an extended phase where you're holding a child by the no, arm? No, 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 no. I've done, I don't have kids, <laughs> but I've done a lot of babysitting and there's a little potty or there's some sort of thing on the toilet seat that makes it so they can get on there. They're, they have a little stool right. so they can get up on it. And then they have a smaller. Which thing, leads so they- me to my next question. For this whole scenario, why was the kid in their apartment instead of Andrew being in the right. family's apartment? That's, That's what I was point. wondering. Because almost every time I've babysat, I've been at their house with their equipment. Mm-hmm. So the potty is there. The, the the seat thing is there. You know, all their stuff, if they have, need to change their clothes, it's all there. The appropriate DVD selection <laughs> is there. The toys, the drawing, the color. Like, why does Andrew have crayons? Well... I have to, I have crayons. Really? I rarely use them, but I have a box kicking around here somewhere. Okay. Yeah, I guess I do too. Um, yeah. So as we alluded to, uh, he also felt kind of bad about sticking her in front of the TV, even though it seemed like what she wanted to do. And he started to play the movie The Last Unicorn for her, which I don't think I've seen. So, but it turns out that it's kind of a scary uh, movie. And so then he had to distract her and get her to do something else other than watch the movie, which was real cute, I thought. Food is always the right answer for that. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that's that's ageless. That'll work at any time in your life. And then Luke tries again to try and get Andrew to confess to uh, paternal desires. I guess they've talked about it more uh, in terms of marriage. Why doesn't Andrew want to get married? And now Luke's wants to force Andrew into revealing that maybe he secretly kind of does want children. He wants him to say yes so badly. (laughs) (laughs) Once in a while, he'll uh, mention the possibility of sort of what would happen if he and Carrie had a child. Right. And I, I don't know where that stands. It's not my business to know where that stands. But I wonder if there's also some vicarious, you know, if, if Andrew had a kid now, Luke would have a lifetime of wrong decisions to use to inform him. Mm-hmm. And that would also be great podcast fodder for the next 18 years. Man, what if Andrew and Genevieve decided to have a kid at the same time that Luke and Carrie decided to have a kid? That would be years of content. I may have to stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, going to be renamed Dad and Dad are Fighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we'll just glide on quickly past that possibility. (laughs) (laughs) So as I mentioned, Luke's in L.A. because he's profiling Tignataro and he talks about how he felt um, because he had to go to this set and he felt very much uh, in the way of Tig's TV crew and all the filming. And he said he felt like a dork and he had a lot of anxiety and anger over the feelings or the situation that he was put in, which sounds pretty typical of Luke. 
I would probably feel the same way in his situation. That doesn't sound like fun. Right. They, they, they don't want you there. You're not useful. You're in the way. They have to make room for you in this tiny little place. I would yeah. like. It sounds like they could have just been. I, I'll come to Luke's defense on this one. I don't. It has nothing to do with Luke being Luke, and just has everything to do with them kind of getting screwed. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just treated poorly. Nobody would appreciate that, right? No. Yep. And then, since he's in LA, he recorded uh, an episode of the Mental Illness Happy Hour with Paul Gilmartin. Not a show I'm listening to, even though several people have told me I should. Uh, <laughs> a very pointed recommendation. <laughs> Because it's really good. I don't think it's personal. Uh, but I may have to go check that episode out, yeah, which I is usually will. how I find new podcasts is when something like that happens. So I've listened to a few episodes of that. And I, I was having a conversation with my brother who also listened to it. And he said he had to stop listening because he felt like he was getting dragged down into sort of looking at himself in terms of mental illness the more that he listened to the podcast. I assume if you listen long enough, we'll all be able to figure out what's off about us. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think anybody's perfect. Well, I am. Um, well, then you should listen for all of us. <laughs> Report back. Okay. Um, I have a couple of quotables from this episode that I want to just mention before we move on to Tuesday. Uh, and the first, if a strange man walks up to you and your child or the child that's in your charge at the park and goes, Hey, I just found some bubbles. <laughs> would you take the bubbles or, or would you maybe take the bubbles and be like, okay, thanks. That's right. Kind of you. And then immediately leave the area. I would drop them in the trash and run away. Exactly. That's yep. like taking an open drink at a bar. Yeah. The, those bubbles might've been roofied. You can't, it's the 21st century. You got to be careful. <laughs> Uh, it just, especially the way he described, like the more he described this guy, the weirder he sounded. Mm-hmm. And yet they took the bubbles and played with them. Uh, and then the other quotable is that this whole potty training babysitting situation uh, led to the phrase, well, if you have drop a deuce while someone holds you by the armpits confidence, which That's- is a level of confidence I'll never have. Right. Nope. <laughs> I admire that little girl. <laughs> Uh, And with that, I'll take us to Tuesday if we've got nothing left for Monday. Sure. This is Get Your Mind in the Gutter. Luke is still in L.A. broadcasting uh, from Studio X. And in addition to his piece for Tignataro or on Tignataro, he's also apparently doing a piece on bearded men because CBS Sunday Morning is getting into the cutting edge of 2008. (laughs) It it absolutely makes sense to me that they're looking for a New York Times-style magazine uh, it's trends piece. Yeah. Next up, man buns. Right. <laughs> They'll get there. <laughs> Luke will be on 60 minutes by then. So he'll be able to go off on it pretty thoroughly. Uh, but he's doing this thing on beards and it included uh, meeting with uh, some, some Jews to talk about their heritage and their beards uh, and essentially getting thrown out of a, of a shoal. Hmm. <laughs> Talk about something else that sounds embarrassing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's on a real roll at the beginning of this week. Mm-hmm. Um, intentions were good, and it, he kind of got set up for failure by the guy he was interviewing because we find out it's not even his regular one. He just took yeah. them to a random one. Yeah, I would want to know that they had permission to film and everything there. Right. 
I liked Luke's approach, though, which was like, well, we got all the film we needed, so whatever. Bye. <laughs> Um, we get more pitching for the TBTL-a-thon, of course, in this episode. And I think we talked about not having to get into that into too much detail. Uh, but I will just say that that, that son of a bitch <laughs> brought up uh, the cars for kids and put that <laughs> in my head for about 48 hours. Uh, I, can so I thanks. just say my, my favorite line from the pitching this day was when they were fantasizing about what a public radio chat room would be like and what the dirty talk would be. <laughs> what are you wearing? A tote bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I pictured that State Farm commercial when the guy's oh, like, yes. khakis. Jake from State Farm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a call center. It's one of those people's on, in the people's it's one of those people in the background during a public television pledge drive right. answering the phone saying that while the cameras sort of got them in the frame <laughs> the top story from tuesday is project magenta essentially a computer program that has digested enough music to cut up and repiece back together elements of music to create new music and the thought is that this is going to take over the music industry um, as someone who works in the new music industry uh, as my day job, I'm going to say that that's not going to happen because the music's really, really mediocre. It sounded uh-huh. like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star to me. Right. Um, the The problem with this fundamentally is that if you cut up a bunch of pieces and let a computer morph and smash and reassemble them, it will never create anything much beyond those means because it just doesn't have that level of innovation. Right. Uh, and maybe it'll reach that point someday, but I would like to hope for the sake of my young and budding career that uh, human creativity will still far surpass what a machine can do in that realm. Uh, and based on what I heard from Project Magenta, I'm comforted. <laughs> Luke seemed to be very, I don't know if optimistic is the right word, but he said he thought that computer songwriting would surpass human songwriting in 10 years, which yeah. is just not even a possibility. No. Right. <laughs> um, I get what they're saying, like for background music or once in a while, Luke will reference that, um, that music set he bought on iTunes once on accident that has like a hundred TV theme songs, but they didn't want to pay for the rights for them. Right. So they're actually like slight knockoffs. <laughs> That's what all the computer music's going to sound like. It's, it's going to sound like when you talk to customer service robots on the phone, <laughs> like, they're going to have automated responses, nothing useful or new. Uh, from there, we go on to what I think was actually a better top story than Project Magenta, which is the story of the guy whose life is being ruined because Waze is rerouting all of the traffic near his neighborhood down his street because that it's a shortcut. Sucks. I've thought about this when taking weird shortcuts through neighborhoods via Waze's recommendation. Like, Me I don't too. Know these people really hate this. Especially at 5.30 on a weekday when I can tell there's a whole line of cars taking the exact same trip. Yeah. And clearly they're not going to this neighborhood. They're all using ways and they're all taking the same route. Mm-hmm. We just had something similar in my neighborhood where they were working on the intersection that's next to my townhome development. So all the commuters started cutting through our, and it's a private development. So they were cutting through and the traffic got awful during rush hour. The trick is uh, aggressive speed bumps. 
Right. <laughs> you know, I, I emailed the city about that when we first moved here because our street doesn't have any and people zoom through our street. And they wrote us back and said, we don't have the budget for that, but if you want to pay us $6,000 per speed bump, we're happy to install them. Wow. How funny would it be if there's no speed bumps anywhere in your neighborhood, but then there's one in front of your house? One huge one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, if we make it even 10 grand, can you put some spikes in it? <laughs> uh, people don't cut down our, we're on a corner and the sort of, neighborhood street is one block so nobody comes down that street unless they live there but uh we're next to a busier street and my office actually backs up to it and just a few minutes ago it may have been picked up on the mic some motorcycle just came through screaming to be noticed i hate you motorcycles so and much. uh that happens late at night in the summer here a lot um, and there were just, there's no stopping it. So we've just sort of tuned it out, but I notice it once in a while when we're recording, I'll get a nice asshole coming through, mm-hmm. uh, and I can't soundproof the window. It's too hot. Uh, that guy got screwed ways locked him out of the program for trying to manipulate it. I mean, I can't blame him, but he wasn't being honest. Right. <laughs> it was kind of a clever scheme. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Uh, We get a voicemail from listener Lauren uh, just reinforcing the slam dunk she put on Facebook. Yes, so good about her personal appeal for the TBTL a thon. Uh, Absolutely touching. And I'm sure almost everyone listening read it because it was the most popular thing on our on this dense Facebook page all week. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Luke has to run because he has been. drafted to give a talk about audience engagement to the marketplace staff, including, but not limited to Kai Rizdal. Is it inappropriate to share that Kai Rizdal is on my list? Ooh, (laughs) not at all. (laughs) I, his voice is, is, is real nice. The man's got a nice speaking voice. So you don't think he needs any help with audience engagement? No. Not with this audience. It sounds like he's engaging you thoroughly, Anne. Yep. He's I don't know. Guy. I know. I, I never knew what he looked like or how old he was or whatever. And then I went and uh, Googled him and I was like, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a silver lining alert if I've ever heard one. <laughs> uh, so the Game of Thrones talk was short uh, because Luke had to go do that. Um, I'll keep the ball rolling with Wednesday, 2137. There will be LARPing. Lucas in El Paso staying at a hotel that overlooks the home of the El Paso Chihuahuas, a Padres AAA team. Uh, And he met some of the players on his flight uh, after seeing many of them come in in succession and realizing that they were a group of some kind and asking the one next to him who said, we are the Chihuahuas. <laughs> uh, I've never heard someone be so excited that they could see from far away without being able to hear anything a minor league baseball game. Right. <laughs> uh, this episode also included Luke's misuse of the term slash fiction. Mm-hmm. Oh, Unless I'm he so wasn't misusing glad. it. Yeah, I'm so glad Andrew brought that up, corrected him finally. I mean, he vamped. He he joked by saying he didn't mean it. Uh, he meant it the way he said it is what he joked. Right. But I sure hope he didn't. 
<laughs> fan fiction comes up once in a while on tbtl and i i worry i cringe to think of people in the corners of our group writing fan fiction about luke and andrew oh, no. please don't please don't there's no need for that reality is better <laughs> really yeah really don't do slash fiction yeah so uh let's go ahead and put an lrb ban on that uh I forget which one of the guys refers to the TBTL Athon as Operation Fish for Compliments, but it sure seems to be working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've piled on a lot of our own as well, so we don't need to keep going there. Uh, of course, we can simply say if not for TBTL, there would be no little red bandwagon. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Andrew wants to get some twins gear to wear to the live show. Uh, but Luke is apprehensive because the twins are a somewhat natural rival of uh, the Seattle Mariners. They settle on perhaps getting some St. Paul Saints gear, which would be okay because they're an indie team, not related to a major league baseball team. Uh, right. And have you been to a St. Paul Saints game? Uh, they just opened up a new uh, field and I haven't been there, but I went to the old one. It used to be not far from an apartment that I had. So I have been to quite a few Saints games. Uh, what's the crowd like uh, compared to a Twins game? Uh, you know, it's one of those minor league things where it's more about the fun and the silliness than watching incredibly talented baseball players. I forget exactly what the level of the Saints is, but uh, they're somewhere between single A and double A. So it's not really high level ball. So if that's what you're going for, you're, you might be bored. So you have some other things to entertain yourself. Sure. I mean, I actually love minor league baseball because you get that full experience. And if mm-hmm. you miss a couple innings while you're up wandering around, it's not a big deal. Um, I don't know where the Saints land is and because they're not in the usual rankings of sort of the affiliated minor teams. Um, but uh, I've seen some really low baseball. Like if you go to Cooperston, uh, double day field there, I mean, they've got like a single A minor league team, which is basically just pick up baseball for people who played it in college. <laughs> and <laughs> it's still fun to watch. Um, that would be a lot of fun. It's a shame that they're away this weekend because as much as I love the Red Sox and I'm hoping to catch the game on Sunday, uh, the twins Red Sox, I would have more fun going to a St. Paul Saints game and just being able to screw around and go win some uh, timeshare vacation calls from filling out some form somewhere. <laughs> you know, the minor league baseball team in Grand Rapids, where I'm from, is called the Whitecaps, and their stadium is so much fun. They have, they, I think they were the first to debut the hamburger with the donut bun. Oh. Ooh. Don't quote me on that. I'm not positive, but I Innovators. know they had it early on. <laughs> and they have fireworks after every game, no matter what. And there's so many fun games for kids. It's just a really, it doesn't even matter like who wins or loses. It's just a really fun time. Right. And I mean, I, you guys know, I only live a few minutes from the Pawtucket Red Sox Stadium, which is a AAA team. Uh, and we still don't go often enough considering how close we live, mainly because they play a lot during the week and I'm working on trivia. But yeah, it's just, it's casual. Like, we can get parking and tickets and food for the cost it would be to park anywhere near Fenway Park. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Andrew releases his mixtape onto the world and plays us a little bit of a preview. Have you guys listened to it yet? Not the I whole thing, to the, but... Yeah, I listened to the first of the two two halves. Okay, I'm intentionally waiting for tomorrow. So 
What do you think? I think that I don't have the same taste in music as Luke and Andrew, but that's okay. I was impressed by the mixing. Yes, I really enjoyed the drops and the interstitials very Mm -hmm. much. And at some point, uh, I just sort of let everything fade into the background while I was working on other things. And I never got pulled out and I never said, wait, what the hell is this? (laughs) If you're in the car, that might be the right choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you want something to keep you company, but not to distract you from driving. So the amusing part to me about the mixtape was that Luke accuses Andrew of using it as a blatant grab for Twitter followers. Why does his mind immediately go to that? That wasn't even on my radar. Mm -hmm. He's so obsessed with Twitter followers. It's only a matter of time before somebody buys him another bunch. So I know I'm, I'm really sad that Andrew sort of said he's given up on Twitter because he'll never know how many true followers he has because of whoever bought him yeah, the fake followers. He has, he has so many eggs. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, if that's what you're doing it for, that's that's kind of a problem, right? You want to be using it to interact yeah. in general, but who cares how many people you have following you except Luke and Andrew and everybody else who is semi-famous. Well, Luke so desperately wants to be verified. I wonder if Andrew will get verified first. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe now because of this mixtape. I stand by it, but I think the way to get Luke verified is we have to create a fake Luke Burbank account and start tweeting things that are kind of obnoxious and pointed at Luke because Twitter mm-hmm. will have to come in and be the arbiter. And the only way they'll have to fix it is to say this is the real Luke Burbank. If I knew how to do Twitter or cared about it at all, I would do that. So somebody, oh God, somebody no, I can't tell somebody to do that because I'll be a guilty by accessory, but I'll just put it out there. You do what you will. This is like uh, B-roll of candidates. <laughs> you super PACs go to work. Mm-hmm. Top story from Wednesday, Fat Axel uh, and Axel Rose wants none of it. <laughs> he is no. le- legally petitioning Google. To take down pictures of him where he is unflattering, allegedly under the copyright of the picture in question. Yeah, Beyonce good, good tried luck. that, and yep. and everyone saved them forever. And you know, I didn't even know about these pictures until I heard the story, which made uh-huh. me go look them up and laugh at them. He should just be happy that people are talking about him. The memes are pretty quality that yeah. came out of this. Like, take me down to the barbecue city where the ribs are greasy and the fries are crispy. Oh, won't you please pass the rules? <laughs> <sighs> yep. So why do you think that people are taking such pleasure in these? <clears throat> well, I think it was just a stupid thing. Like, I think that if I think that if he hadn't fanned the flames, it would just be one of a million other memes that people see and giggle and move on. I don't think there's a whole core of people out there who are waking up in the morning thinking, (laughs) how can I make fun of fat (laughs) Axel today? Well, and also the fact that he disappeared for so long. So I didn't, you know, last time I saw him, he was probably a svelte, whatever rock star. And then he reappears as this kind of doughy guy. And if he had been around and this happened gradually, I don't think anyone would have taken any notice of this. So Luke seems to think that this is kind of a case of chickens coming home to roost. Like he was such an asshole for so many years that now people are really happy to go after him. Right. Whereas uh, Robert Smith, because we like him more, we've chosen to give him a pass. And of course, 
I'm talking about the Robert Smith from Planet Money. <laughs> His style's all right. Yeah, I, I don't have that much to say about this. Uh, good luck. And unless somebody advised him to do this for the attention, uh, I would say that was dumb, but it is working. Do you suppose he still has money? God, I hope so. I have to think they they must have cleaned up. I mean, he must be still the royalties from Guns yeah. N' Roses. I hope so. Yeah, but but why other what other reason would he be doing it as a play for attention? Does he if sell a few more tickets to a casino show or an autograph appearance now? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I'm looking this up on the fly. Axl Rose net worth. Do you ladies care to guess? No. Because um, I'm going to be upset no matter what it is. $20 million. Uh, You're going to have to guess more. Which 200 <laughs> Significantly more. Really? I mean, I can't tell. This website's not. Um, uh, let's see here. Oh, here's a list from Richest Celebrities 2016. Yep, same number. Axl Rose net worth $150 million. Wow. Okay. So he's not doing this to generate any kind of revenue. Right. He may have enough money to really see the crap out of Google. I mean, it won't get him anywhere, but he could definitely throw lawyers at him for a long time. Celebrity net worth says he's 150. Yeah, that's the one I was trying to pull up, but other sites came up first, but they all agree. Um. So I guess, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to slander anyone or or overgeneralize, but I guess it just didn't go all up his nose. Good for him. (laughs) Yeah, right? Just went into his belly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hoagies are a lot cheaper than cocaine. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Wednesday uh, ends with a heartfelt email from listener Sandy uh, from Vashon saying uh, she's the stepmom of a... Of a little Luke and Andrew, and TBTL means so much to her because of the parallels she sees there. Oh, I thought that was so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. God help those vain, sausage-smelling <laughs> children. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Thursday, uh, 2138, Dazzling Dutes, the Badesky Martin and Won't story. So it's, my, it's my title of the week. Friday was a close second, but this is yeah. really... It's a, a combination of a biblical reference and a joke that Stubot was sitting on for three days. Yep. <laughs> so the guys are in St. Paul broadcasting from the mothership. They are joined by the Stubot. Uh, the first thing I want to mention is that Amy Wolunsky made a TBTL bulletin board, and that was the show picture for the day. And it's legit impressive. Yeah, it yeah, is. It is. I thought yeah. that was really great. Just like they don't teach cursive in school anymore. They don't teach bulletin boards like they used to. <laughs> it's a real dying art. Yep. And uh, this isn't really leading anywhere, but I just want to mention that Luke said that Carrie dumped a glass of wine in her lap on the plane. Oh, terrible. <laughs> yeah. Poor girl. So they talk about uh, local car commercials and schlocky pitchmen. And boy, they went on a whole rabbit hole with this that I could not follow. Whenever Luke gets into the really hyper local Seattle commercials, I, I, I get really lost. But they were some fun, um, fun commercials that seem to be the same no matter what city you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... 
really, Luke just needs to go on after these messages and do an episode on local commercials because there's an endless supply that he always remembers from his childhood. Um, mm-hmm. For a kid who didn't have TV for a lot of his childhood. <laughs> yeah, that's true. These he things. chose his friends based on who had a TV and whose parents weren't home. Yeah, which is a recurring theme in our last couple episodes of mm-hmm. <laughs> Little Red Bandwagon. <laughs> uh, who's got the best stuff? Right. Yep. Uh, yeah. So on the way out of L.A., Luke decided that he wanted to stop at the In-N-Out, and he thought that ordering animal style meant no bun. What? Which is, everybody knows that that's not what it means. Right. Uh, Protein style is uh, wrapped in lettuce. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of places will do that and hate you for it. If you order it, because it's yeah. a pain in the ass to build. And animal style kind of negates the no bun because it's a load of like cheese and onions. Right. But no carbs. Yes. <laughs> I thought we were just learning to accept fruit in our lives. <laughs> but we still have this major uh, carb phobia. So he was pretty put out because, as he said, uh, a touristy restaurant near an airport is bound to be busy. And there was a whole line around the parking lot and a kid that had an iPad who was out taking orders and talking to people. And and I've been through uh, an in and out that had this line. Have you guys ever done that? Is this a common thing? Oh, yeah. There's one in Dallas uh, along the highway that has a line and a guy with an iPad almost every single time. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they were like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> why would they know? Right. <laughs> they're just taking orders. That's all they're doing. That's the only time that I've been to an in and out And it was, I would say, a disappointing experience, but not because of the food, but because of me. Because I was visiting my brother in San Francisco and there was a whole group and they all decided that we should go to In-N-Out and I just wasn't into it. Like I'm not really into fast food burgers, but I didn't want to be a a stick in the mud or whatever. So I didn't advocate for myself. And so we ended up doing this and I was like, I don't want to be here. And I was sort of put off like Luke was by the whole line. And then I got my burger and I was like, this is it. This is a fast food burger. It's fine. (laughs) Care. And then I was in that weird space where you're just kind of pissed off, but you don't know why. Mm -hmm. So I should probably go back to In-N-Out when I'm in a better uh, frame of mind is you know, what I, I think. Like, I like In-N-Out. We have them here. There's one very near my house. And uh, full disclosure, Duff brought me a burger today before the show <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't have time to cook dinner. So I'm full of In-N-Out right now. And I love it. I don't like their fries. I think their fries are pretty gross. But I do like their burgers. And I do get them animal style. And I get a bun because I don't care about carbs. <laughs> And it's the sauce that really makes it, isn't it? That's what makes it an out different than, I mean, the prep, yeah. the prep style well, is one thing, yeah. but. The ingredients are nice. The, the, the stuff tastes fresh. Um, but yeah, the, the, the sauce is good and nothing is frozen. So that's nice. It's not like a squashed, gross pile of <clears throat> burger material. Mm, great hamburger. Mm, yeah, you really right, sold that. Right. Uh <laughs> I mean the squashed hamburger material. Yeah, uh, I've only been in and out once because it's not an East Coast thing. Um, but I went in Vegas, and it was uh, 
in experience, I think everybody who's listened to this show more than a couple of weeks knows that I enjoy experience eating. And so when I go to a new city, I like to get the food that is of the local city. And that was my chance at In-N-Out. And it was pretty great. We didn't go through the drive-thru. We went in, um, got my burger animal style and one not so that I could see the difference uh, and got a bunch of the extra sauce to dip the fries in. And that was a whole thing. But I don't need mm-hmm. to go back. I mean, it was fine. I, if I'm in a city that has it again, I'll probably go at some point because I can. Uh, I liked it. But it wasn't um, – it, you know what? It, it held a similar level of charm as Dick's Drive-In did for me when I went to Seattle. Dick's is great. It's definitely an experience. But at the end of the day, you're eating a, a decent burger in your car. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not transcendent. But if I have to choose between that and like McDonald's, I'm going to go with In-N-Out every time. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Uh, Andrew tells a story about getting angry at the TSA agent in the line at the airport in his passive aggressive way. And it's only worth mentioning because they were imagining what the TSA podcast would be. <laughs> and they came up with the name three ounces or less. <laughs> uh, you guys may remember that a couple of weeks ago, I got into a little thing with the TSA on Twitter because I posted a picture of that ghetto ass. TSA pre-check office near my house. Uh, it's a single cubicle in the back of an H&R block, a third-party vendor that does identity verification, mm-hmm. but they didn't have any signage for TSA. So they wrote TSA with some black tape on a sign and like put it out near the end of the parking lot. Professional. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up having actually a long DM conversation with someone from the official TSA Twitter account being like, yeah, this looks sketchy as fuck. I don't remember that. Oh, what happened? They just asked me questions about it. They were like, we saw we saw your picture. Could you tell us where it is and how you found it? I was like, it's all this. It is a legit place. And they said, thanks for the information. Um, mm. I haven't driven down that way recently, but I will go check next time I'm in that neighborhood and see if they've upgraded their signage. You know, I went to one of those spooky places to do TSA pre-check, and that's more signage than I got. I just had to really? say, well, this is the address. I guess it's in this building somewhere. Yeah. Um, the damnedest thing with mine is that it's in 50 Newport Avenue, and <clears throat> it's right on a city line. And there's a 50 Newport Ave on both sides of the city line. Oh, no. <laughs> And so for the first 20 minutes, I was trying to figure out how there was an identity verification office in a blast fitness. <laughs> <laughs> the other plaza, h Block, was a much more logical fit. Yeah. Um, I looked into this, too. Uh, I could not find an official TSA podcast, which surprised me because the way the TSA spends money, I just assumed there was one and nobody was listening to it. They do <sighs> have a decent Instagram Oh, I, they must post pictures of all the shit they confiscate, right? Yes. Yeah. I follow them. I've seen the walls of knives and stuff that they turned into murals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I did find two alternatives when I Googled for TSA podcast. One is a podcast called The Sewing Affair, <laughs> which I assume is a podcast about sewing. And the other is just called TSA Podcast. They're also on Twitter at TSA Podcast. And it's something to do with PlayStation games. It stands for the sixth axis. I don't know. Okay. So uh, I, I hope they get stray airport security questions tweeted at them once in a while. I feel like they're the at establishment. Right. For the TSA. Right. 
So today's top story, a baseball player in the Twin Cities at uh, Henry Sibley High School, Dan O'Reilly, fouls a ball and manages to get it into his junk, and he is not wearing a cup. Um, this leads to a story about Luke's coach. I feel like we've heard this before, Coach Stefanik, who came to practice and wore jeans with a cup underneath them. Yeah, we've heard that yeah. before, for sure. Yeah. Uh, now, I have never worn a cup, so I don't know how comfortable or uncomfortable <laughs> this may be underneath uh, jeans. Well, I don't think I've ever worn a cup in a scenario where it was comfortable. So I'm assuming <laughs> under jeans, it's not. <laughs> but why would he do it? Because there's a bunch of little kids around who are going to run into him? Um, I think I've told this story before, but very quickly, I was at a wedding a few years ago. I, maybe I haven't told it on this podcast. I was at a wedding a few years ago for a friend who I sort of drifted away from a little bit, but I was invited and I had to go because it's old family friends. Uh, her now husband and his groomsmen were playing a game all night at the reception where they would try to run up and clock one another in the balls. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard of this game. Yeah. What the fuck is that? A ga- Sorry, Aiden. What, that's a game. Run up and punch your buddy in the balls. Uh, so it's suppressed latent homophobia. Yeah. Or homoerotic feelings. Sure. It's an excuse to touch with your knuckles. Right. Right. Uh, so maybe this guy is just in a never ending game of whatever the hell that is. He doesn't want to be caught unprepared. <laughs> He's just waiting for someone to jump out of the bushes and whack him in the nuts. Yeah, a middle-aged accountant that he went to college with and pledged to frat with together is going to be waiting in the in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. It's like their version of bros icing bros. He's always got to be prepared. Right. Uh, so the end of the story with uh, Dan O'Reilly is that he had a lot of uh, self-possession, I guess, after he got done being injured. <laughs> and also that he... Uh, got a perfect ACT score. So he's not depending on a baseball scholarship for his future. And he knows how to dab properly. Yes. That's worth mentioning because I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Talent. Um, And it's popular with athletes, but on TV, when football players do it, the cameras always cut away. You rarely actually catch it. Why? Uh, It's something about the way that athletes celebrate. I think they don't want to encourage it. So mm-hmm. if they air it on TV, more and more players will do it. Oh. And then the NFL quietly goes back and finds the crap out of them for it. But they have so much money, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I don't think I could dab, but I also don't think I could stand or think after being after taking a <laughs> foul ball to the crotch. So. <laughs> I do like that he checked first. I mean, he had his priorities. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He stuck his hand down there. Everything's okay. All right. I can dab. No blood. <laughs> I mean, I guess that is what you're checking for, but I just hadn't thought about it that way. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Moving on to sweeter topics, we learned that the Stewbot put what amounts to three hours of rehearsal into his dad dance for Piper's dad recital, which is about the cutest thing I've ever heard. Even if she is 12 and just on the border of thinking that he's the most embarrassing person on the face of the planet. I would have never allowed this when I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> I'd been like, no, there's no dad thing going on. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, bortified was the word that was assigned to Piper for this. She would have been bortified. Yeah. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to meeting her, by the way. I'm sure a lot of us are, and that must be really creepy for her. I know. I think we have to. 
I mean, I wish we would hear this before we all went there, but let's not freak the kid out, people. <laughs> yeah, don't overwhelm her. I mean, we've already ruined Aiden. Right. I'm actually more interested in meeting Eric the Viking Stromstad, to tell you the truth. Because they keep referring to him as the Viking, and I got so curious that, yeah, I stalked him. And I found his Facebook page, and he, when I see the pictures of him, he does not look like what I assume a Viking would look like. It's not the mental picture that I have. So I'm interested to find out the reality. You set a pretty high bar for your stalking of radio personalities with Kai Ristall, though. Uh, yeah, one Google search. <laughs> and quickly through uh, emails, uh, Michael from Michigan is going to be foregoing one six-pack a month so that he can support TBTL. And it's some at this point, uh, TBTL gets referred to as Crazy Lukey's Lunchbox Emporium, which makes me pretty <laughs> happy. <laughs> then we hear from Bob. I assume it's Bob Stein. Shout out, Bob, uh, who is... Uh, dropping a little knowledge on the mm, adornments or prayer aids that the Hasidic Jews were wearing that Luke was talking about the other day. And Luke thinks that his Albanian heritage might mean that he's a tiny bit Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, uh, juice-plaining, by the way. Right. Juice-plaining. Yes. <laughs> And, and, and yes, uh, we don't know that it's Bob Stein. We just know it's a Jew named Bob who's got his facts right. So I don't think it's insulting to assume it might be Bob Stein. I assumed it was Bob Stein. I feel Stein. pretty good. Yeah. Yep. And we get a nice uh, voicemail from Perfect Ten Nick in Florida. And then at the end, they start talking about Guy Fieri. And I refuse to say Guy Fieri. Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> And whether it's okay to make fun of him the way that they do, um, they take it back to the Axl Rose, Robert Smith thing. And my personal opinion is that what they're missing, um, why they hate this type of guy or are annoyed by a type of guy like guy is because of his lack of self-awareness. All the broiness and the donkey sauce and all of that mm. stuff is <laughs> done in all seriousness. There is no winking. And uh, and TBTL is all about winking. And Luke and Andrew have that underlying layer of self-doubt. And Guy Fieri apparently does not. And I think that's what they react to. Guy Fieri is icing the tips of his hair all the way to the bank. He does not care. <laughs> He's doing just fine. Yeah, he really... He does not care what anybody you know, else I've, thinks. I've been to a few of the dives that he's reviewed. They always have a picture of him. And I've been happy at each one. Mm-hmm. Like, they've I, been fine. I feel like the restaurants he profiles are always pretty good. It's just the restaurants he owns that have a really bad reputation. Oh, I would never go to one of his own yeah. restaurants. No. no, but of course the restaurants he picks to go to are good. And I have to admit, if if his show's on... I'll leave it on because I enjoy Americana comfort food and I'll just enjoy watching the people do their thing. And I feel like I'm laughing at him, not with him. So it's okay. Uh, <laughs> his enthusiasm's a little bit too much for me. I have to say, yeah, it's, I don't like it. It's clearly a shtick though. If you Google, there are pictures of him with normal hair and it's really impressive because then he's really? just a chubby guy who loves deep fried food. <laughs> like it knocks him down real fast. <laughs> uh, and I don't know. Uh, 
It was fajita firecracker shrimp. There might have been another thing in that name, uh, but I'd I'd probably eat it. I'm just saying. I don't know what would be in fajita firecracker shrimp, but I'd, I'd eat it. Hopefully not firecrackers. <laughs> uh, Meredith? Moving on to Friday, 2139. Talk to the scale because the Heggies ain't listening. <laughs> <laughs> we hear that Luke and Andrew and Stu and Carrie had something called Heggies Pizza, which is frozen pizza, but it's good because it has a ton of cheese on it. I guess yeah. that's the whole... And it, it sounded to me like it was prepared at the Legion as a menu item. Okay. I didn't quite put that together. Not, like, why are they having frozen pizza? I'm not 100% sure, but my guess is that they have a freezer full of the pizza. And if you order one, they do it they for you. They pull it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so, I believe that's right. I don't spend a lot of time at the Legion, but I think that's correct. Well, we're going to find out this weekend. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, you guys go investigate and report back. I was making a sad face during this whole short period of time when Andrew said slurp like 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was doing some chores around the house and just frowning to myself by myself. Oh, stop saying that. Um, and then I had the thought of, I wonder if Luke salted that pizza. Because he did steal all the cheese off of the top and just left the crust for everyone else. Kind of a oh dear God! You you don't need to add more salt to that stuff. Just, I bet he would. Just though. salting the melted cheese and meats. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we get a little bit more uh, uh, pitch from uh, Phyllis, and we get some awesome final countdown music bed underneath that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Phyllis is the, just the champ at this. She was so good. And and she did a similar pitch on our show a couple of weeks ago, um, making the point that TBTL is a historical record and you can either support it or you can archive it, you know, support it financially or archive it. Those are two great ways to support the show and to, to be part of this historical record. And I think she makes a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really compelling uh, voicemail that she left. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I'd like to think that uh, doing that on Little Red Bandwagon first really prepared her for doing it on TBTL. So you're welcome. (laughs) And frankly, the best part of that was when she said to Mike, I gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The was it the top story Fitbit cheating? Yeah. 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 So somebody attached their Fitbit (laughs) to a saw on a park bench. Seems like a really strange choice to me. Um, I've thought about attaching mine to the dog before and letting him run around the the room or the yard. Um, but my my company does incentivize this. They gave us the old school ones that clip to your belt, uh-huh. and they want us to get a you know ten thousand steps a day. Do you guys have to deal with this at work? Yes, I have done that program before. But not for a while. The the thing that I hated most about it was not that this actually happened to me, but when you're uh, using the restroom, the um, the little counter can, in fact, fall in the toilet. Yes. And it frequently goes through the washing machine. Uh, so my my HR director is really lazy. Uh, it's me. So we don't have anything like that. <laughs> We had um we had teams at at work. Um they don't do it anymore for some reason, but when the Fitbits first came out, they 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 had us create five-person teams and then compete against each other with how many pooled steps we could get. So it was it got pretty heated there for a while. Oh, I would go to the dark side for sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
I kind of took Stu's approach. I just would walk the dog every day and that would get me more steps than almost everybody else in my uh-huh. group. It was pretty easy. Um, Luke said he feels pretty good about meeting his step goal and that he, he it's actually changed his lifestyle, which is like the whole argument for these things. It's supposed to encourage you to get more walking in. And so you park further away and do all that, those little things that kind of add up. So I think that's pretty great. I think it's interesting that Luke did not try to quote unquote life hack this. Yeah. Yes. Life hacks everything else. Right. <laughs> Attach it to Rudy. Like he actually is using it for the purpose intended. Yeah, he hasn't really talked about cheating with this thing. Hmm. Now I like these two. I have a I have an Apple Watch um and I like all the data. I, I'm a data person. I like how much information it spits out at me and it kind of encourages me to to one up myself from the day before. So I th- I think they're overall a good thing. You don't have to do it, but it's interesting to me and I like it. Um, we kind of move on to Stu talking about his his beautiful lab named Phoebe who has volcanic farts because <laughs> she's a black lab. I didn't really get that connection. Do do black labs generally have terrible gas? They do when they eat Heggie's pizza. I guess so. <laughs> because, you know, my pod dog number one, Molly, she's 11 years old and she's not a black lab. She looks like one, but she's a German Shepherd Great Pyrenees mix. And she is clean as a whistle. She doesn't smell at all. She's great. Is she a rescue? And did you rescue her within the 10-year <laughs> eligibility period for calling her a rescue? She's 11. So, no. Uh, we pulled her out of a freezing cold river in Detroit. No, just kidding. She, we got her from the Humane Society. <laughs> so, does that count as a rescue? I don't know. I don't brag no, about I it. I believe that does count as a rescue. I mean, certainly, Eddie, uh-huh. Eddie really is the story of a rescue. Literally. Well, Eddie was fine walking along the side of the road about to jump onto I-75 and take a little stroll. Yeah, just hitchhiking. So, yeah. Yeah, we have a cat who was also a hitchhiker uh in Detroit. He was he jumped out in front of Duff's car on the overpass on his way to work one day and uh, think, Duff scooped him up in a Tupperware. I think the animals are in a Tupperware. Yep. He had like a he had like, you know, back to our uh car first aid toolkit sure. kind of conversation. So he had a Tupperware in, in his trunk that had, you know, a, a wrench and uh whatever to change tires and stuff like that. And he dumped all that stuff out and scooped him up <laughs> between the Tupperware and the, the lid <laughs> and threw him in the <laughs> I mean he didn't trap him and suffocate him. He put him in there and then put him on the seat. With the thing cracked and the kitten was so exhausted, he just fell asleep. And then Aww. he took him right to the vet. Yeah. I think the animals, a, the, animal, the animals are all talking and they're catching on that they can, they can rely on tough if they can find yes. him. They throw themselves in front of him on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> Please take me home with you. I was just going to say that I obviously have never rescued any animal since I haven't had a pet bigger than a hamster, but uh, I have a good friend who is like Duff and always seems to be finding animals. And she found a, a German shepherd cross of some sort that had been abandoned out in the country and fell in love and took her home and then discovered that uh, the dog was pregnant mm. and gave birth to 10 puppies. Whoa. <laughs> So that was a great story. That's a rescue dog. So do you guys think people are being too heroic or too liberal with with claiming that they have a rescue dog? Yes. Because Stu said it, and I didn't take that as any sort of bragging. Well, but I think Stu said it opening up this conversation. Like, I think Stu knew what he was doing when he said it. Um, 
I think that if I think it can be, it can definitely be a, a brag. I I, yeah. I think that if you lead with it, it's a brag. If mm-hmm. if somebody asks you, oh, how did you get cupcake? And we say, oh, she was a half price cat at the Humane Society, which is <laughs> completely true uh-huh. because nobody else wanted her and she was a few years old already. Then that's not us bragging. That's telling the story. We didn't pick her because we wanted to be heroes. We picked her because she really liked Sam. But uh, but you still puff your chest out a little well, bit. Well, I mean, I do that anyway. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to our Yelp story. There's a place called Bado Bistro, right? Bado, yeah. Bistro, Bado yeah. Bistro. Um, and they're intentionally tanking their Yelp reviews because they can't opt out of it. And so they're just writing bad reviews and asking people to write bad reviews. Um I don't know what the purpose is of the, of this other than that we all know about this place now. I guess that's their own kind of publicity. It is an interesting strategy. It is. It is. I you know, when we moved to Dallas, I didn't know anything about anything here, so I relied on Yelp quite a bit and it didn't really steer me wrong, but what I've learned is that anything over two and a half stars is good. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> There are McDonald's with five stars, so I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket. Like, if a place has three stars, I will almost certainly enjoy it. Right. I guess I I tend to go off of critics' reviews more than Yelp reviews. Uh, so I'm at uh, Bado Bistro's website. They have a page on their website dedicated to this mission. Here's what they write. We offer 50% off any pizza to anyone who gives us a one star on Yelp. Wow. (laughs) Here is the home of the botters. Uh, The English here is a little rough, so I'm going to read it as it's written. We are part of the Italian-American community, not the Yelp community. Yelp force us be listed on their site. Therefore, we are going to be listed on our terms. Also, the funniest and most sarcastic bad review of the month get free tickets for our cooking class. If you hate us already, you'll do it for free. <laughs> if you don't, now it's time to hate us and a little and get rewarded. I'm free cooking at their Facebook class. Page. I'll do it. Yeah. This yeah. is pretty great. <laughs> their Facebook page says the New York Times give Bottos five stars for undermining Yelp. So they're proud of the fact that they made it into the New York Times for, for basically trolling Yelp. Yeah. So this is a publicity stunt. I think it's pretty smart. Yeah, they have a whole menu on that page of our new Yelp pizza menu, a pizza you can't refuse. And it includes uh, the Yelp (laughs) Supreme. We will remove, filter, and manipulate every topping at will. (laughs) (laughs) I like these Uh, The harassment. Call for a free delivery pizza and make sure you leave your phone number so one of our pizza salesmen can call you daily over and over. What? Uh, it's quite a thing here. They're, uh, they're, uh, they're really getting into it. The bully, the people love us, uh, the extortionist. Wow. Yeah. They're going all in and on this must thing. be working for them because they're getting a lot of attention. Yeah. Well, good for them. Yep. Um, we get some discussion about baths. Um, they are gross for cleaning, but good for relaxing. That's kind of my take on baths. How do you guys feel? Totally agree. Yep. Um, 
it's nice to take a, a glass of wine and 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 read a book. Uh, maybe not your phone, but like my bathtub on the first floor has like a tile, a little tile thing on it, so you can actually like I'll put my iPad on it and watch Downton Abbey. I'm on season three now, rewatching it, <laughs> and I will watch a whole a whole episode of Downton Abbey and take a bath and drink a can of wine, and it's great. Yeah, I will read on my phone or on my tablet. I possibly may have listened to TBTL and taken notes for LRB in the bathtub. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, when my sister and her husband visited us over spring break, uh, we spent a great deal of time at the Apple store because her husband liked our bathtub so much that he took daily baths, but he dropped his phone in the first day. (laughs) And then he got a new phone and he set it on top of our grill in the backyard and dropped it on the cement and had to get another one. (laughs) <laughs> so um i do not take baths very often at all I, I think i can count on one hand the number of times i've taken a bath in the last five years but um i do have a waterproof notepad in the shower and i also occasionally scribble tbtl lrb notes because i fire up my bluetooth speaker in the morning as i'm getting ready and so uh, like for shower thoughts yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's literally some gimmicky thing called it, but it's laminated paper and a pencil. So it works. Well, a lot of people feel like they get their best ideas in the shower. Yeah, I think the pencil that came with the kit actually says, don't let your ideas go down the drain. Cute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not not a bad $12 on Amazon for that. No, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, we get a nice email from Kelly who talks about... Uh, she's raising her kids, but she needs some time to listen to TBTL. So she puts in her earbuds, she makes some dinner, she pours herself a drink, and she says, leave me alone. <laughs> this is my time. <laughs> and I think that's really great. So that was her her contribution to the TBTL-a-thon. That's her time, her TBTL time. Um, and then uh, we get music for your weekend. We get some uh, sleigh bells, uh, rule number one, smoking Pope's Paul, and Luke doesn't play it, but he says for some reason that Lit, My Own Worst Enemy, would be his recommendation yeah. <laughs> for today. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, just a time thing, I think, but I think we're okay without it. Yeah. Yeah. We all know that song, right? Yeah. Okay. And that's the week. Uh, uh, we have now the listener's song. Oh, I missed that. Uh, we'll uh, punch it in post. Actually, no, we won't, because this is being edited on the fly before I go to Minneapolis. So uh, go read the newsletter next week, everybody. That's your mystery <laughs> solved. Uh, and with that, uh, that wraps the week. Right, ladies? Yeah. Yep. Keep archiving. Keep up the good work. More from Christy on that next week. Uh, I'll do how to get involved. You can find us online at littleredbandwagon.com, on Facebook at Little Red Bandwagon, and the Stens page. Twitter, I'm at RLPape. Meredith at Meredith underscore Mayhan. Anne's not, but you can friend her on Facebook. And Anne, we've, it's been a few weeks. Let's do a friend update after this weekend because I have a feeling you're going to get a bump from the live event. Find her at okay. Lumhome or uh, littleredbandwagon.com slash friendanne, all one word. Christy's at Kissy Eyes. Mike's at Drew McFrizz. And Jeremy's at Dadstronaut. The show is at LRB Podcast. Email littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. The latest episode of Nerd Out Loud featured a Jeremy-less episode, but Christy talked with uh, Craig Scholes, formerly of the Eureka podcast, which recently folded. uh, And they talked about his transformation over the time of that show 
from being someone who never pictured himself happy and married to somebody who just very recently got married and is very happy. Um, some other great stuff on that show, too. Craig's a nice guy. It's a good listen. I have no idea what they're planning for this weekend. Maybe they'll record while they're in Minneapolis. Uh, and maybe we can bombard our way into that episode somehow. For those of you who wondered if Meredith was going to be on it or not, clearly she wasn't. Nope. And with that, guys, uh, who wants to be Christy? I will. And you're, are you going to give it another fresh read like you did on Friday's show? Sure, why not? Until next time, this is the next party. <laughs> and we love you, Jen. Nailed it. <laughs> all right that's a wrap (laughs) hey i just found some bubbles you want them